We've been talking about that lodge for at least a, a couple of years now, and it's exciting to see it actually happening. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of April 12, 2012. You're right, it is exciting to see the Lodge coming together. It's been a dream for so long. Um, of course, let's talk about some things about it, why we're building it and how we see it as fulfilling some needs that we have, um, how we're designing it. <clears throat> the, the main reason we're building it, as nearly as I can recollect, um, is so that we have a place to house, entertain, feed, show hospitality to our friends, our family. Uh, maybe even people who are just want to come, people we don't even know yet, who just want to come see the farm and see what we're up to here. We have a, we'll have a, a a facility where we can show those people hospitality, and not just a bare bones, rough, sh rough hewn facility, but a very nice place that will be comfortable and welcoming. And, yeah, that's um, right. So we're both excited about what we're able to do here. Uh, we are, to, to review, we live in the barn. Uh, our original intent when we moved here was to live in the barn long enough to design and build our home up the hill where the lodge is happening now. But it took us, I would say, less than three months to decide, hey, we really like living here. In our apartment in the you barn. It don't is not feel a need to a uh, have a larger living space of our own. Uh, but we did fairly quickly come to grips with your need primarily to be more welcoming to guests. It's very hard for us to do much entertaining down here. That's true. Not to mention we have our children living far away so that when they come to visit, we need bedrooms for them. We need them to have their own space where they can stay, which we had in our home when we lived in Birmingham. Uh, we don't have that here because it's all one big room. So we needed some space. So the lodge is 108 feet long. It is one bay longer than the pole barn. Of that 108 feet, or of those 13 bays that, I'm sorry, no, 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 nine, nine bays that are represented up, the, up at the lodge, um, five bays are screen porch, actually five and a half bays, and the others are the interior space. So well, it's not all screened in. When no, you say I didn't five. mean to say that. I didn't. I didn't say that well at all, did I? Three bays are open air porch. Right. And then two and a half bays are screen porch, mm -hmm. and uh, then the rest of it is enclosed, conditioned space. Uh, we've designed it to be used intermittently, which is one of the challenges for us because. When we, when we design a, a facility for intermittent use, it changes some of the design decisions we make. That's right. Like, for example, if you know you're going to live in a place and have electricity running, et cetera, all the time, well, we will have electricity, but the point is, if you're using it all the time, then you may invest in some 
equipment. We'll talk specifically in a few minutes about the HVAC, for example, um, that is top of the line, most energy efficient because you're going to be, you'll, you'll basically reap the rewards of your overhead that you put into it because you're using it all the time. If it's intermittent, that may not make sense economically. Exactly. And th- those are the kinds of decisions we're having to make, sort of balancing that um, th- those decisions. Uh, I suppose the the sort of preeminent criterion is minimizing the cost when when it's vacant. That's yeah. We've that's sort of been an operative um, determinant all along. So uh, we want to make sure that we can figure out a way so that we don't have to pay any money for HVAC when it's vacant. We don't have to pay any money to keep water hot when it's vacant. Um, don't have to pay any money to keep it lighted when it's vacant. So uh, that what that has meant is the when we use the water heater up there, it's a tankless water heater, which is what we have here too. Which by is the what way. we have down in and the it barn. works great. But we hope eventually here in the barn. We will have a solar thermal water heater. It'll make it even more efficient mounted down on here. the roof, yeah. which will bring our cost of heating water, our marginal cost of heating water, down awfully close to zero. Right, but it doesn't make sense to invest that sort of overhead into uh, a technology for the lodge because we won't. People aren't taking a hot shower that often, or exactly. Using hot water. We're not using it uh, all the time, and therefore you can't justify the cost of yeah. solar thermal water heating up there. But you can justify the cost of tankless water. And tankless heating. makes so much sense. It makes all the sense in the keeping... world because you pay nothing yeah. until somebody calls for hot water. Right. Um, so then you already brought up the issue of what we're doing with the heat pump. Why don't you? Yeah. Talk well, a little just bit about that, that um, we. We had options. Any homeowner or person who's looking to install a new HVAC system in 2012 has many options that weren't available years ago in terms of efficiency. And you can spend a lot more money and get the most energy efficient. And I don't have the model number or anything like that, except to say that... Why not? What's wrong with you? Lee Patterson is our, our contact who's selling yes. us our, um, a, a, and installing the HVAC system. And um, so when he came and talked to us before we made a decision and laid all that out. We actually got in touch with Lee because he was knowledgeable about the so-called ductless mini-split mm-hmm. system. And it did not take us long in talking with him to realize it was not a good fit for the lodge. It was much more expensive at the front mm-hmm. end promised some marginal increase in operating efficiency, but we decided we could not justify that increased capital cost when we were planning to use the heat pump so rarely. Right. So we opted for a heat pump that was more conventional and doing other things so that we could minimize its use. But it's still very efficient compared to what we could have bought Several years ago, oh, five, absolutely. six years ago. So, uh, and in fact, pretty efficient in terms of what most people are buying. We, we didn't buy, you know, an off-the-shelf heat pump. We we opted for one that's uh, unusually energy efficient by today's standards. It's just that we didn't splurge and do that uh, 
unconventional design of the uh, the duck plus mini split. Right. So uh, I'm satisfied with what we're doing, and, and we're just commenting that today it's nice and breezy outside, and in the 60s it'll be going up higher than that later in the day. But the point is, so much of the year, I won't say it's like this, although the mornings may start out cooler, uh, you know, you might not need any heat pump running. Uh, we'd be perfectly comfortable with windows cracked and that kind of thing. So uh, I see us as the odds of us having a dinner party when it's 100 degrees outside and we are having to use the HVAC, well, probably fairly low. We'll probably be entertaining um Primarily when, in the evening. Yeah, in the evening when it's not that hot. So, But when we need to call for the air conditioning or we need to call for extra heat, of course, we'll have our wood stove. We can talk about that. But when we need to call for, for supplemental heating or cooling, it'll be there. And, and plus, if we have somebody, a guest who's accustomed to air conditioning, um, lives in the city or suburbs, used to it, and they're staying for several days, we'll keep that guest comfortable. We're not going to force our lifestyle on them and and so therefore we we hope to show complete hospitality i keep coming up with that word don't i so maybe it's time to talk about how we're going to use the lodge there you go nice segue farmer <laughs> borden you did that well well let's talk about my perspective and then yours or you can go first either way it doesn't matter go ahead well to me i see the lodge as it is a home we call it a lodge but we want people who stay there to feel it's a home away from home, and especially for our family members who need to come and stay. Um, even even Mama, who lives 25 minutes drive away, sometimes she, she'll have dinner with us and might not want to drive home late at night by herself. She can spend the night in the lodge. It's, it's a great place to, to hang out. Heaven knows we've stayed with her enough nights. So when we were building, when we were starting to, to um, work on our property here, so... Um, that's just one example. And like I said, our children live far away. When they come, they may need to stay for a week at a time, two weeks, a month. It'll be there for them. Um, and when they're there, there'll be furniture that's comfortable, you know, TV that's comfortable, a nice kitchen where they can cook. And actually, all four of our children are good cooks and like to cook. So it, we'll have a nice, fairly state-of-the-art Just kitchen. hope they like to clean up after themselves. Too. They do, yes. I can, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'll be going up there to visit. Some of our I'll, children like to I'll clean up after themselves. I'll be glad to themselves. help them. But the point is, and we listen, they're such good cooks, I'm happy to clean up if they'll cook like that for me. Uh, so it's a, we see uh, it as a home. Just to clarify, kids, I am not. You need to clean up after yourselves. <laughs> because I know who does the ki- cleaning up of the kitchen around here. And it's not mom, so. Hey, I clean up the kitchen some. Well, you do. I'm sorry. I don't mean to imply that you don't do any cleaning, but I do my share, and you are not entitled to speak for me and say, don't worry about cleaning up after yourselves. You're right. I'm not speaking for dad. when you come and use our kitchen. No, I'm not speaking for dad. But I do tend to, when I go to visit them, help clean their kitchens after they've cooked. And so I probably So your perspective is that of a home away from home. You want our family and friends to feel comfortable staying there and for it to feel home-like. Exactly. My pers- and, and that's not to say that you don't have other uses that you would love for the lodge to be uh, put right. To. As I said before, we have groups of people who may want to come. Our our Sunday school Sunday school class from Vestavia, for example, 
They've been here a couple of times. They're coming back in June. And our entire church from Epiphany basically can fit in there. We want to be able to welcome them. Exactly. And and I guess my perspective is very similar to yours, although a little bit more tilted toward a multi-use facility where we can do many different things and where learning can happen. You and I have lately begun to understand that we have a teaching function that's very powerful here at Longleaf Breeze. And I do believe in that. I don't want you to make it sound as if I'm not committed to that as well. Exactly. And I think it's important for us to emphasize that it's important to me that it be a home away from home for our family and guests. And it's important to you that it be a multi-use facility where learning can happen. But I think the you're a little more tilted in that in one direction, and I'm a little yes. more tilted in the other direction. That is that's all. True. I'm, that's the only yeah. point I'm yeah. trying to make. And so everything we're doing in the lodge is a compromise, at balancing those two purposes and trying to make the lodge as flexible as possible. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, let's talk a little bit about the progress that's going on right now. Um, we started work on the in leveling the pad, which is you know just the the ground, really, where we were going to start construction um, back in August of 2011. So we're about nine months yeah. into the process of building the lodge. I don't know exactly how long we thought it would take when we started, but I suspect we thought it would go faster than this. We did. Yeah, we did. But I think that's anybody who's built a house or constructed anything probably has has not had the opposite. Most people do find that it, it takes longer, not less time than they think. So, exactly. Yeah. And to your credit, I think early on you and I had an earnest, loving conversation about time frame, and we agreed that we were not going to impose any deadlines on the construction of the lodge. And that has worked well for us because there have been a handful of occasions, easily a handful, maybe more, when it has been handy to be able to say, we'll wait. You know, you come when it's time, when you can work efficiently, and when you can work at a lower price, Don't I'm not going to be in a position where I say it's got to be done by Friday. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, and let's talk about progress. As I said, we don't want to run out of time before we get to that. We uh, had the root cellar and, or slash storm cellar installed first, that's been there, and I think we've talked about that a little bit in previous podcasts. Glad to have it in place. Um, we had a metal roof, the, the roof of the pole barn shell put up, concrete pad installed, um, the framework for the porches and the condition space. That was uh, Scott Rupert put that in. And then they we progressed on to... Uh, the rough plumbing and rough yeah. electrical, yeah. like the wiring and the you know all the pipes and so forth are in place, mm-hmm. and then uh, the insulation is in and the sheetrock is up and our first coats of paint are and stain are on most of the of the molding, yeah, uh, yeah, the baseboard and crown molding. Uh, Scott has just finished hanging the interior doors and is working today, as a matter of fact. Uh, while we're doing this, he's up up the hill working on the baseboard and crown molding, getting them installed. And then the flooring is supposed to be delivered today, right? And that will be arriving later today on eight pallets. <laughs> and I've picked, I've already taken delivery from Henry Tile in Montgomery of all the tile that we will need for 
the bathrooms, the kitchen backsplash, that kind of thing. That's right. So everything seems to be coming together. Uh, so here's what remains to be done. Uh, when uh, oh the ki- did I say the kitchen cabinets are going in? No, we skipped that part, yeah, and that's a that's... really important part. We have uh, two guys, Boog and Tracy brothers who are doing a great job on the cabinets. They look wonderful. They, they do look absolutely wonderful. We just love the, the way the cabinets are shaping up and Boog and Tracy are also going to build the cabinets that will house our audiovisual um, equipment as well. So And a couple of bathroom storage cabinets for okay. me. So. so all of that is going into place. When they finish installing the cabinet then we'll be ready to talk about installing uh, the countertops on those cabinets. Um, then we'll be talking about uh, the actual plumbing appliances like toilets and sinks and so forth and the uh, electrical. And you've got a few things still to pick out, I think. The right. Lighting. I've gone to the uh, lighting. I think it's inline lighting in Montgomery where they've I've picked out some things. But there were a couple of items they didn't have on the showroom floor that they have an a, a, a website where I can go to find some stuff, and I think that'll be helpful. And then the uh, tile can go in on the floors and walls and the bathrooms, and the wood floors can go in. And then we'd be ready to start talking about, you know, bringing in the range and the refrigerator. Yeah. We need to pick those out, too. <laughs> and I guess we finish up this adventure by emptying that storage space over in East Tallahassee yeah. and moving the uh, contents of it over here and getting them placed in the lodge or figuring out we really can't use it and we just need to donate it. And, and we do have some other furniture we'll have to purchase that we don't currently owned for the configuration of the new space that um, we can talk more about that as we get there. And, and we haven't talked much about the exterior. We have some plans for uh, our Milt is coming back to do some landscape uh, rearranging for us. And you've got some work to do cutting down trees for parking. To do. Yeah. So we've got the exterior and I've got some landscape design to do myself and uh, we've got to put grass out, and so there's just a lot still to do. But it, it's fun. It's exciting to see it come together. And this process, at least to this point, has been extremely pleasant. Uh, yeah. We had the one little snafu with the windows where we ended up with the wrong kind of windows yeah. and had to um, eat some eat the cost of some of the windows. But that was um, a while ago and fades into your memory. You know, That's it's right. just sort of. Um, but overall, this process has been very pleasant. Um, we've had wonderful experience with the people who have come here to work for us. They've, um, well, almost without exception, done wonderful work at yeah. a price we thought was fair. That's right. So I highly recommend building a lodge. <laughs> at least at this point, we'll let you know. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. So. Have a great week, and we'll catch up with you next time. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com. 
Thanks for listening. See you next week.